Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is Sunday, the 4th of February, 2018, and it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. Thursday's Bible study, the live streaming didn't work so well. There were some black spaces in there, and that's okay because I record them also, and I was able, I had to stay up late and do the video work, but it's perfect on the replay that you watch on YouTube. But I just want to let folks know that do watch the Thursday night Bible studies that that was a streaming problem. It was probably something to do with YouTube or Facebook or whatever was being watched by people. But yeah, Russians. But we did have a, uh, a backup as always. And so I was able to work with that. And then one other thing, I have a bandana today. Um, Y'all remember Charlie Missy? She's the girl that, uh, she sent us all of the gray shirts, and she sells those. And what she did, she, uh, I I post a sunrise photo every single day on Facebook. And I uh, posted one one day when we have a gray day or a, a cloudy day. I will often do great artwork and I will make a sunrise where there was no sunrise. And, you know, I have it going all over the place. And she saw one of them and she said, oh, that that's so beautiful. Would you send me a copy of that? And so I had one printed off and she says, make sure to sign it, which I did. And often when I write a person a letter, if there's any room left at the bottom of the letter, I will draw somebody I call Mr. Blowface. And if you go to Japan, before I met the Lord, there's lots of bars with Mr. Blowface on the wall there. I can tell you that. Anyway, um, uh, so what she did is, this came in the mail just a day ago. I'll show you Mr. Blowface. She she obviously liked him enough where she had him made into a bandana. And so there you go. I don't know if you can see that, but that's Mr. Blowface there. And it used to be that he had just a chin. And now that I'm older and I've got a beard, it's got a beard on there. But anyway, I had Linda here pestering me. What's your bandana? What's your bandana? I said, just wait for the prophecy update and I will show you. And uh, so that's it is Mr. Blowface. And anyway, I want to thank Charlie Missy very much for that. It's really precious. And uh, remind you now that she she gets a plug for her website because she did this. Um, She uh, sells wonderful Christian t-shirts and uh, jewelry and stuff. And uh, if you go to M charlie.com just m charlie.com and uh, she will uh, she'll set you up with some really wonderful things and i know everybody in the church here that got one of those shirts cherishes it i love to see my dad sitting outside in the sun and he'll be wearing his and i just think oh, this, yeah got his gray shirt on anyway uh so there you go thank you uh charlie you're very much appreciated and let's see our first category is israel and i entitle this one go ahead Make my day. Yes. From Arts Shiva, the first three articles apply to that. From Arts Shiva, uh, this is Assad over in Syria. He said, attack again because Israel's been going in and attacking things that threaten their sovereignty and their security. He says, attack again and I'll launch a missile at Ben Gurion Airport. Syrian President Assad sent a threat through Russian President Putin saying that if Israel attacked targets in the country again, Syria would respond by firing Scud missiles at Ben Gurion Airport. Syrian honor is above all else, Assad told Putin, who replied that he would convey the message to Israel. 
And I assure you, I've said this, uh, they had a plan to uh, do some harm to Assad if he ever did anything to them. If they sent a scud towards Ben-Gurion, the Patriot missile system, or their uh, own uh, David Sling, or whichever one would take care of it. But they would go in, and I guarantee you that the Assad palace would be gone 30 minutes later. There would, it, he, he would have no palace to live in. And if he was in that palace, he wouldn't be. If he sent off a scud, he would not be in that palace when he did because he knows that's coming. So, uh, and then other things would come about as well. Israel will not tolerate that. From the Times of Israel, Hezbollah threatens to open fire on IDF soldiers building a border fence. They're building a border fence on their property, on their side, on the Israel side, and Hezbollah is upset about it. Just like the uh, Fakistanians down there in Gaza. They're upset that they're building a fence. It's our property. We're going to build what we want. Hezbollah has threatened to open fire on IDF soldiers. Go ahead, make my day if Israel does not halt the construction of a barrier along the Israel-Lebanon border. Israel's been building the obstacle made up of a collection of berms, cliffs, and concrete barriers for a long time, but it has only now reportedly angered the Lebanese terror group. The message was delivered to Jerusalem via the United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon. The UN force, fearing a possible escalation, passed the message on to the U.S. and French ambassadors who updated the Prime Minister's office on the matter. However, the Israeli government was unimpressed and responded with threatening message of its own. So there you go. And then from the Jerusalem Post, Hezbollah may use suicide ships in next war, former naval officer warns. Hezbollah will not need to equip themselves with ships like Israel, but we must assume they will use asymmetric warfare to challenge Israeli technology like land-to-sea missiles or suicide ships like you see in Yemen. You remember also that we had, I don't remember the name of the ship, but we had 24 or 26 soldiers killed uh, when they were, uh, it was about, what, eight or ten years ago, they were docked, and these people were coming close, and they said, we're warning you, don't come any closer, and instead of actually following through with the warning and destroying them, the suicide boat went into the side of our ship and killed all those soldiers. What would the coal, the USS coal? I knew somebody would remember that. Thank you, Jay. And uh, was that Jay? It was Jay. Okay, thank you. And so uh, blew them up, killed all of our people. Israel will not allow a enemy ship to get that close. They will not. They will not tolerate it. Go ahead and make my day, right? Iran and Hezbollah advisors have been aiding Yemen's Houthi rebels in their fight against the Saudi-led coalition in January of last year. Two Saudi soldiers were killed when Houthi rebels rammed the side of a Saudi frigate off the coast of Yemen with a small boat before a suicide bomber detonated the vessel. So that's what they're threatening, and this naval officer says we can guess that they're going to be doing that to us. They're not going to let them get that close. From Real Clear Politics, Maher, Bill Maher, you know, he's got that night show, liberal. He's, he gets one thing right in his life, in his entire life that I know of, he's got one issue right. Maher defends Jerusalem decision. When you win wars, you take land. I have said that in at least 50 prophecy updates. They won these wars. They have acquired the land. It is theirs. That's what happens in every country that has a battle. When they acquire land, it becomes the part of that country, except Israel. Only Israel is an exception by the United Nations. But Maher is right. On his show Real Time, host Bill Maher defended President Trump's decision to acknowledge Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Maher said, while he understands there will be repercussions, when you win wars, you get land. I hate to agree with Donald Trump, which he's a flaming liberal. It doesn't happen often, but I do. I don't know why Israel, 
It has been their capital since 1949. It is where their government is. They've won all the wars thrown against them. I don't understand why they don't get to have their capital where they want. When you win a war, you don't get to take the other side's land, said New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg. So she's arguing for the opposite position. And then Maher, actually you do, especially because they were attacked. They were attacked more than once, and they took land in those wars that they won, and there's been peace offers on the table ever since to get part of that land back. So they've been offering, and Maher is well aware of all of this. Now, the 1967 war, they actually, the, the Israelis were the attackers. They started the war, but they had no choice, okay? If they didn't start the war, they would have been overrun, and they would have been destroyed. God wasn't going to let that happen. He prompted those people to make the right choice. So it doesn't matter. They won the war. It makes no difference. Any country that wins in a war gets that property. The United States has been gracious to give the countries that they have won back. Like I said, I've said this before. My wife is from Japan. We could have gone in there and said, you're all American citizens now or you're all uh, our property. And we're, it was an unconditional surrender. We could have said, you're going to speak English, you're going to build churches, and we could have done anything we wanted. And we gave them their country. We gave them their dignity. We've done that in all of the countries we go to. We signed leases. You know, the Philippines, we took over, we signed a lease with them. When the lease ended, they wanted us out, out we went, right? And it was at their own detriment because when they kicked us out of Subo, uh, what was it, Subic Naval Base, they, um, we had these giant things for working on ships, they were floating docks, basically, and the ships would come in, and they'd raise them up, and they could work on them. They were the most expensive German-made things. They were absolutely valuable, and they thought, the Americans are going to leave these, and we're going to have our own shipbuilding industry. Didn't happen. We floated them out of there, right? But that's that's what happens. Anyway, I, I love the Philippines. Don't get me wrong. That's my favorite my favorite place on this planet is the Philippines and the Philippine people are wonderful. But they made the wrong choice, and they've been suffering for it ever since. Um, but, you know, they got us out of there as well, and they have complete freedom and autonomy to make their own decisions. So, you know, one way or another. But um, here we go. Uh, let's see here. Um, he says, you get to keep the land. And Maher asked why it is always up to Israel to come up with a two-state solution. And when they do, it is rejected and blamed for making it impossible. He said, what is making a two-state solution impossible is the perpetually hostile, coiled snake that is the Fakistanian leadership. Absolutely. Yeah, well, he's a Jew, and the other girl, Goldberg, is obviously Jew, too, and they're arguing against each other about it. But Bill Maher has one right brain cell in his entire brain, and it's about Trump's making that decision. From Jerusalem Post, two major U.S. surveys rank Israel among the most powerful, innovative countries. Web-based pub U.S. News and World Report, known for its influential ranking lists, named Israel as the eighth most powerful nation in the world. Meanwhile, Bloomberg listed the Jewish state as the tenth most innovative, hailing its high-tech industry and technological advances. They are 1% of 1% of the population of this planet. They're number eight in world power, according to World News Report, whatever, and they're number 10 in innovation, according to Bloomberg. Tell me that's not God working with them, right? Yeah. The online news organization ranked Israel 30th overall in best countries out of the list of 80. The United States, like last year, was placed at number one, while Slovenia ranked dead last at number 80. 
don't know much about Slovenia, but they're down at the bottom of that barrel. From the Times of Israel, I've got just two titles that came in over the past 24 hours. U.S. may reject granting of Fakistinian refugee status to descendants. I went through that in the last. You've got a gray shirt on. I just noticed that. Very good. Beth Colvin's wearing her gray shirt today. Anyway, um, uh, I mentioned that, that uh, the people are saying that the UN and US policy only says that the first generations of refugees are considered refugees, not second, third, fourth generations. And the US is considering actually taking that stand because the Fakistinians have been, uh, you know, uh, um, what's the word? They've been fighting back against this Jerusalem decision. They've been speaking bad about uh, Donald Trump. And because of that, Trump is saying, well, we'll just make you what you actually are is about 20,000 or less actual refugees. You're not millions and millions of refugees. And then from the Times of Israel, Trump asked Congress to cut aid to U.S. enemies who opposed the Jerusalem decision. That was part of his State of the Union, and he's asked them to do that now. So, Christian news today. I would like to say, before I get into Christian news, I brought him up twice in the past month, and I got to bring him up again, is um, the person in Africa, Isaac Nemugera, who takes care of all the people over there. He's got his own ministry. He's got his own orphanage. He's got he's got his finger in more pies than any person I've ever seen. He is absolutely outstanding in what he does. Two things happened this week that just solidify my love for this gentleman. The first is one person that attends online. He attends, the superior word is his church. He wanted to give to Isaac but he wasn't sure if the money was actually being used properly. And so he says, you know, I'd like to uh, send you something, but I'd like you to use it for this and this and this. And specifically, one of the things was for pencils and drawing paper so children could draw drawings, okay? And I said, I've never even thought of that. We're going to have some artists in our, uh, you know, our, our... So what he did is he actually took photos and videos and sent it to this guy after the guy sent him some money to prove that that's where the money went instead of, you know, him going out and blowing it on a soccer game or something. So the money is getting spent properly. It's getting spent as you wish. And if you have something you want him to spend it on, Piggery Project to feed people, he will spend it on that. The second thing that happened this week is I got his 2017 budget report. It was 45 pages long, pictures, details, the number of Bibles he's bought, down to the penny of what he has received from us. And I was astonished. I haven't gotten that even from any of the missionaries that we have supported. You know, they give you a monthly report and they tell you how things are going. And this guy went into the most minute detail of anything I have ever seen. I was thoroughly surprised. So if you want to support somebody and you know that your money is going to be spent where you want it to be, He's the guy, and I support him 100%, and I would hope that anybody that says, I want to be a part of what's going on in Uganda, helping poor people, this is the guy to help, okay? They can do it through me, but they can go directly to him. Just send me an email, and I'll give you his... uh, Now, if you send Western Union, one thing that does happen is Western Union, depending on what your state state you're in, if you're in Arizona, it might be $15 to send one 
amount of money. In Florida, it's nine ninety nine. I always get a penny back, so I, I keep that and put it in my, my penny thing. But some people will want to send money to them, and instead of sending it just one time, they'll send it to me, and then I'll compile it with others, and I'll send it out. And that, that way you save $10 or $15 or whatever. I will do that, and then I'll send you a receipt. But you can send it yourself. You can also go through. Some people have started GoFundMe pages for him, and uh, yeah, and for different projects. And um, then he also has something called money gram i think which i don't know how to use and i don't know where you go for it but anyway he does have options he is well worth uh, helping out him and uh, missy charlie buying her shirts are yeah. the two people i'm really behind right now so um great stuff anyway mail online jesus bought this delighted televangelist kenneth copeland giggles with glee as he unveils his new three million dollar private jet Paid for by donations from his followers. Actually, it was more than three million. Uh, Mail Online got it wrong. He wore a flight jacket to take delivery of his new jet and giggled as it touched down on his private airstrip. He has his own airstrip. He's got his own hangar. He's got many airplanes. He's got a, a, a eighteen thousand square foot house that overlooks a lake out in Texas. You know, if you're sending money to this guy, it ain't getting well used. Anyway, the televangelist has previously called uh, flying commercial getting in a long tube full of demons. So that's how he feels about you, is that when he's flying commercial, you're a, a demon next to him. And uh, the, yeah, and then uh, from Christian Post, Kenneth Copeland acquires a new Gulfstream V. It's the same article with a different twist. Uh, Gulfstream V Jet seeks $19.5 million for upgrades and maintenance. So first he says we need this much money to buy this jet, and now he's asking for another $20 million to have upgrades and maintenance because it's... It, it's what? Yeah, that's they're very expensive. And he bought a, a used one. It doesn't matter. It, uh, uh, he wants all of this money for something that he doesn't even need. $19.5 million plus the, the sales. It's over $25 million. You could fly around the world first class for the rest of your life and never, ever spend that much money. The rest of your life, every day of your life, you could go out there and fly first class anywhere in the world. And you would never spend as much money as he is wasting of people's gifts to his ministry. I got to tell you what, these televangelists, I have no love for them. They're building diving boards. If they're saved at all, which is, in my estimation, hard to imagine. But if they are, they are not going to get the, the big place in the sky that they think they're going to get. They're going to get a little shack over here because of what they've done. But, you know, a lot of these people are just completely depraved. Now, if you go through, we're going through one Timothy in our devotionals, and I talk about exactly this in the week ahead, is that, um, you know, there are people that are actually saved, and Paul says they have strayed, and, uh, you know, the love of money is the root of blah, blah, blah. You know, okay. Anyway, it doesn't mean that people are not saved just because they're doing this type of abomination, but they are accountable for every penny that comes into their ministry. And imagine people actually sending money for him to buy this. I, I, I can't. I can't even fathom it. But do what you want with your money. The Lord will hold you accountable. From Christian Journal, study. Progressive and liberal U.S. churches are shrinking. Fundamental and non-denominational American Christians are growing. It doesn't say their churches are, but the number of Christians are growing. Christians are tired of hearing watered-down teachings. Instead, people of America are turning to churches that stand on the Word of God. 
globally speaking, people are turning away from religion and faith based on what is explained as the secularization thesis. The thesis reads that as societies progress, particularly through modernization and rationalization, religion loses its authority in all aspects of social life and governance. However, that is not taking place in America. In fact, it's quite the opposite. According to the study, strong religious affiliation is growing. I can tell you that because the online church that we have, and I'm not talking about the YouTube, I'm talking about the streaming online, people that are watching right now and that will stay for the sermon and take communion with us every single week, they are growing. They're growing because they want to hear this. They don't want to hear life application sermons. They want to hear the word of God. We do expositional um, uh, preaching in this church. We go line by line in an exposition of what God is telling us in that verse and in that passage and in that chapter. And that's what we do here. And people like that. And I'm not bragging at all. It's not a big church and the online audience isn't millions of people, but it is growing because people are tired of putting up with these mainstream denominations. So we'll go on. However, that's not taking place in America. In fact, it's quite the opposite. According to the study, strong religious affiliation is growing. Liberal religious affiliation is declining, and the intensity of American religion is actually becoming more exceptional over time. Therefore, that religious change in the United States is demonstrably different than that occurring in comparable countries. The United States remains an exceptional outlier and potential counterexample to the secularization thesis. Interestingly, it would appear as though mainstream churches are losing more members than ever, which explains the original interpretation that Christianity is on the decline. However, the study displays that just because people are leaving a church, it doesn't mean that they are leaving the faith. Incredibly, the study displays that the percent of Americans who pray daily, accept the Bible as is, and attend church more than once a week has remained the same for upwards of 50 years. In addition, the percent of Americans referenced in the aforementioned totals to about one-third of the U.S. citizens. Contrastingly, in comparable nations, the percent totals out to about one in 15. In addition, the amount of people who hold fast to the faith has actually increased according to the research. In 1989, only 39% of those who belong to a religion housed strong faith. However, today it is 47% of the religiously affiliated who hold strong. So if you are looking for a church, if you're looking to hear the word of God preached in context and without any ruffles and flourishes, please attend the Superior Word online. We're here. We're open. Thursday night we have a Bible study and we're going through the book of Romans. We've been in it for half a year. It'll take another half a year or more to get through it. But I would encourage you to attend. If you don't have a church and you're just watching Prophecy Updates, Watch a few less prophecy updates and watch a little bit more of the Word of God, which is actually more than just prophecy, folks. There's a lot in here. I mean, there are a lot of different disciplines that you'll learn about. Okay, mail online. That's the plug for the day. (laughs) Atheists are more intelligent than religious people because they rely on facts rather than intuition research claims. Kind of goes along with what you were reading before we started. Scientists claim believers have diminished intelligence. You're all diminished uh, as they rely on intuition. Strength of conviction is inversely correlated with cognitive performance. Uh, Listen to the intro to our sermon today and you'll see that that is simply not true, that we don't hold just to uh, intuition, but we actually use our brains 
minds and we open our minds and we study the Word of God, and the Word of God itself proves itself internally, archaeologically. It proves itself morally in a million other ways. But it says agnostics, meaning less than atheists but not believers, are smarter than believers but less intelligent than atheists. So that's their assumption. I'd like to tell you something about that. In order to make the absolute claim that there is no God, which is what atheism teaches, ah, theos. Ah means no, theos is God, atheism. It says no God. They're making that claim. In order to make that claim that there is no God, one would need to be infinitely knowledgeable on the subject. If a person had such knowledge, then he would be God and would then have to deny himself something that a fool not God would do. If he lacked such knowledge, he's saying, I'm not God, but I know there's no God, then he'd be making a claim without the proper mental faculties and omniscience completely in order to make the claim. Something a fool would do, right? Surely the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Absolutely. True atheism cannot exist. It simply cannot exist based on the two arguments that I just gave you. If you ever want to make an argument against an atheist, just give them one of those two, and that completely dispels it. It cannot exist. The next one is agnosticism, ah, gnosis, okay? Ah, again, means no, and then gnosis is knowledge, okay? So an agnostic will say there's two types of agnostics. There's a hard agnostic, and there's a soft agnostic. Hard agnostic is kind of like an atheist. He says, I cannot know if there is a God. You use the exact same argument that I just gave you here. If you say you can't know, then that means you must have all the knowledge of the infinite God to know that he can't exist, and thus you're a fool because you're denying what you already know, or vice versa. Then you're a fool because you're denying what you don't know. Okay? So, it doesn't matter. Atheism and hard agnosticism are impossible. They're, they're just unintelligent, so that blows away the Mail Online article. And then finally, we have what's called soft agnosticism. I don't know if there's a God. Well, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, okay? That's what you do. You, you, you don't know if there's a God? Let me tell you about him. The other two, don't even bother with them, okay? Unless they're willing to acknowledge that they are wrong, just stop right there. You've given them the logical argument. Don't argue any further. Yes? The Latin form of agnostic is ignoramus. Ignoramus. Very well said. Very well said. The Latin form of agnostic is ignoramus. Okay, and then one other thing here from WorldNet Daily. Uh, you all may have heard this. Jim Caviezel is going to be in a movie called The Apostle Paul. It's coming out this year. Okay? It's going to be very good. If You know, he's a great actor, and uh, so he's going to be doing that. And then, just this week, World Net Daily says, Jim Caviezel, new Passion of the Christ to be the biggest film in history. He's doing The Apostle Paul, and then he's immediately going to start under Mel Gibson again, and they are going to do a uh, movie about the resurrection of Christ, and it's going to be even bigger than The Passion of the Christ. It's wonderful that this is happening in our age, where people are denying the faith, they're denying all of the truths of Jesus Christ, and we have people that are out there, and I am not one to argue with people about the, the stupidity of saying, well, you shouldn't be watching movies about Jesus because it's made by Mel Gibson. He's a Catholic. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. That's a source fallacy. And then you've got these people that say, well, how can you take the infinite God and describe him in a movie? What do you think Jesus did when he came out of the infinite realm and became a man? He gave us the ability to perceive who God is. That's why when we watch a movie about a man, Jesus, it's showing us exactly what God intended in the pages of the Bible. 
That is the stupidest argument on the planet was when somebody says you shouldn't be watching movies about Jesus because he's the infinite God. No, he is the finite man. He is the finite man and he is the infinite God. We don't see the infinite God, but we see the finite man, the God man. That's why we had the incarnation of Jesus Christ, just so we could understand who the infinite God that we can't see is. He is fully God. He is fully man. He is Jesus our Lord. It sounds like an Islamic precept. You can't draw... Oh, yeah, you can't draw Muhammad. Yeah, no, we can draw Jesus. Okay, Islam today from the Times of Israel. Amid funding cut fears, the Fakistinian Authority purchases a $50 million private jet for Abbas. So they're, they're facing these cuts from the United States, and so in order to get this before they run out of money, they're spending $50 million. Even as the Fakistinian Authority faces major funding cuts from the United States, it has purchased a new luxurious $50 million private jet to be used by Abbas. The report said the plane was set to be delivered to Amman within weeks and will be stationed there for use by the PA chief. I would give my money to Abbas as quickly as I would give it to Kenneth Copeland or whatever his name is there. I wouldn't give it to either of them. But and we're, we're taking the money from them. Trump is cutting all the fat. Good job, Trump. That said, funding for the plane was said to have been provided both from the Fakistanian Authority budget, $20 million, and from the PNF, $30 million. When President Trump originally threatened to cut aid, top PLO or FLO official Saeed Arakat said it would lead to starvation among the Fakistanian refugee children. And so to help them starve quicker, they buy this $50 million aircraft. Israel's prime minister does not have his own private plane. The eighth strongest military in the world, the tenth strongest economy in the world does not have a private plane for its prime minister. But this guy that isn't even a country, does it's not even a nation, and they have bought him a $50 million aircraft. Well, guess what? Next article. AMN. EU picks up Trump's tab. Gives uh -huh. Fakistinians $52 million in aid. Mm -hmm. So they got their $50 million for their jet. Now they've got another $50 million from the uh, European Union. And so the world is just so, so stupid. It's like sending money to televangelists to tell you that you're going to prosper if you give them your money. The only person that's going to prosper is them. They're getting your money, right? Okay, from uh, The Sun, Taliban fighters hit a bomb in a four-month-old baby's clothes on the way to a foiled terror attack. Four-month-old baby, yep. Four men and one woman were arrested while making their way to the Afghan city of Kunduz after explosive was found in the child's clothing. The bomb was carefully hidden on the body of the infant, reports the Kabul Times. So this isn't somebody making it up, it's right out of the Kabul Times. Sowita al-Abu-Razi, the deputy chief of the Independent Human Rights Commission of Afghanistan, slammed the militants and said that using kids to carry out such attacks was forbidden in Islam. Well, it's not. That's what they do in every Islamic nation when they want to destroy people is send the children in. Meanwhile, six children were killed in fighting in the city of Ghazni in central Afghanistan on the same day. So the old adage that um, Muslims send their children to kill their enemies, God sent his son to die for his enemies, right? Infowars, no-go zones, United Kingdom warns people traveling to Sweden 
Beware gang, crime, shootings, and explosions. So this is England warning about their people going to Sweden. The United Kingdom travel advice on Sweden has warned visitors to beware violence, gun crime, and explosions in the nation's migrant-dominated no-go zones. Crime levels are low in the Nordic nation. The government advice notes, but go on caution. Violent crime does occur. Instances of gang-related crime, including shootings and explosions, have been reported in Malmo and Gothenburg. The travel advice, which was updated earlier this month, marks increasing acknowledgement by the establishment of problems Sweden is experiencing as a result of the nation's humanitarian policy of importing large numbers of migrants from the third world. The number of fatal shootings in Sweden is up five times that in Germany, and the number of hand grenade attacks is on par with Mexico. So uh, this is England warning its people not to go to Sweden unless they're aware of what's going on. Next article, Breitbart. Police data. UK violent crime waves growing even faster. London knife attacks up 40%. So they need to advise their own citizens about going to their own capital. The United Kingdom surgeon recorded violent and sexual crime, including knife attacks, has accelerated at a faster rate than previously thought over the past year. New police statistics reveal Sadiq Khan's London saw the largest increase, of course, in recorded knife crime, rocketing by a massive 38% in just one year. In England and Wales, around 5.3 violent crimes were recorded in the 12 months up to 2017, up 14% on the year before, the ONS said. The latest police figures from 44 forces around the country reveal that robbery was up by 29%, sex offenses up 23%, knife crime up 21%, and violent crime overall surged 20%. There was a massive 37,443 knife crimes and 6,694 gun crime offenses recorded in the 12 months to September. One week ago, London Mayor Sadiq Khan said he cannot solve the crime knife problem by myself, blaming conservative government cuts and implying right-wing opponents are lying. Well, that guy should be taken out, but whatever. From Mongolia today. The solution is to make that illegal to report such things. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. He said the solution is to make it illegal to report such things. And as we saw in a couple articles over the past three or four months, that's what England is doing. They're not reporting all crimes. They're not going to all crimes unless the person can't speak English properly, meaning that British people are up fending for themselves on and on and on. So that is actually an underreporting by probably 15 to 20 percent. So... From uh, the Summit Daily, this is Mongolia News, from the Summit Daily, Mongolia lands gold at International Snow Sculpture Championships in Breckenridge. This is out in where? Colorado, Breckenridge, yes. Okay. Team Mongolia won gold Friday at the 28th International Snow Sculpture Championships. That's hard to say, Snow Sculpture Championships in Breckenridge with a piece called Secrets, depicting women and their secrets. Last year's winner, Team China, took silver with the thinker, depicting an orang-utan. Yes, it's orang-utan. It's not orangutan. orang means means man, and Utan is the wood, so you have man of the woods, Orang Utan. But we'll say orangutan for all of you uneducated, <laughs> non-Bahasa-speaking people. Um, let's see here, where was it? Uh, Orang Utan, where was I? There it is, contemplating an apple. And Team USA Wisconsin took bronze with Dance Divine, 
depicting leaves intricately intertwining. For the contest, 16 four-person teams spent many careful hours combined on each sculpture, crafted from a 25-ton, 12-foot-tall block of snow over the course of four days. Carving the snow, the artists are allowed to use hand tools and items like vegetable peelers, chicken wire, and small saws. Power tools, coloring, and internal support structures are strictly forbidden. So good job, Mongolia. From Daniel 12 Technology Today, I got some really great articles of Israeli tech but I've done so many in the past few weeks, I'm going to let them go this week. Mail online, Japan invents a train that barks like a dog and snorts like a deer in order to prevent collisions with animals on the tracks. Yes, the country has a problem with trains colliding with deer on its railways. Researchers combine the sound of deer warning each other with dogs barking. When the deer hears the two sounds, they panic and flee rapidly from near tracks. In the past, red flashing lights and lion's faces have unsuccessfully tested out. Well, I can tell you, if you were to to, uh, record the chihuahuas going off in my house, all eight of them, and put that on the front of the trains, you would have no deer in Japan at all. They jump into the ocean. Goodness. All right, mail online. A step towards cloning humans? Chinese monkeys become the first primates in the world to be replicated using the dolly the sheep method transferring DNA material. Identical macaques. I had a macaque in Malaysia. They are wonderful animals. I had a monkey, yeah. We named him Abdul, and he was marvelous. And, you know, the funny thing is over there, you have no sanitary uh, requirements. And so when I went shopping, I'd put him on my shoulder, and we'd go shopping at the store, and pick things up and he'd grab what he wanted and you know anywhere I went he'd go with me I'd drive around and yeah so but uh, uh, I had my own little macaque and I couldn't bring him back well I wanted to bring him back and the paperwork was too much to bring in a primate species and so I gave him to my neighbor a Chinese guy and I have no doubt at all that he ate him I have no yes yes yeah that's Chinese they have a saying over there they say that the Chinese, if it, if it is in the ocean, if it swims in the ocean, if it walks or crawls on the earth, or if it flies in the sky, we will eat it. That's what they say. So I, I, I hope that's not the case, but he said he wanted the monkey and he got it. So um, with some stew, I'm sure. Anyway, um, so yeah, identical macaques, Zong Zong and Hua Hua were born eight and six weeks ago. The monkeys are the world's first primates to be cloned from transferred DNA. Study marks a watershed in cloning research and raises major ethical questions. Scientists hope to pave the way for populations of genetically uniform monkeys. Why we would want genetically uniform monkeys, I don't know, but that's what they're working for. Uh, Mail online. This is kind of a stupid article, but I thought I'd include it. Ford files a patent for a driverless police car that can hide behind trees and buildings to catch speeding drivers. Ford has filed a patent to create an autonomous AI-powered police vehicle. The vehicle would have the ability to hide from speeders or traffic violators. It could link to security cameras and automatically drive to where needed. Well, who's going to give the guy the ticket? You know, whatever. Revelation Plagues from Bloomberg. Yes, I know we've been doing the flu. I'm going to keep doing it because it's so bad. Flu season from heck keeps getting worse. It doesn't say heck. It says H-E-double-E. 
Pencil sticks, hockey sticks, thank you. But flu season from heck keeps getting worse. Morality rates, which trail infections, spiked sharply with seven additional children dying from the infection over the past week. Thus far, 37. And just this last night I checked, it's now up to 53 children have died as a resistant strain of the virus dominates. The season is shaping up to be similar to late 2014 and 2015, which entailed 710 thousand hospitalizations and 56,000 deaths. The agency is expecting similar numbers this year. Activity levels vary in different states, however. Hospitalizations in California are running at four times the level seen in 2014 and 2015. They've actually got tents outside where they have to store these people now. Minnesota's rate is double. In New York, the numbers are starting to surpass the national average. An additional unexpected finding is the flu's impact on middle-aged Americans who typically withstand it pretty well. I didn't, did I? I'm still, I go out and work 20 minutes and I am done. I am absolutely done. While hospitalization rates are predictably high among the elderly, younger baby boomers aged 50 to 65, I'm glad I'm in the younger part of that younger (laughs) baby boomers, are in second place. This is especially bad news for them given a new study linking the flu to increased risk of heart attacks. Oh, I am feeling it too. I'm Okay, um, I will say that your son also is having the same problems, isn't he? And how old is he? Wasn't uh, Mary Jo, wasn't it you that said your oh, son? Yeah. How old is he? Uh, 46. Okay, so he's right in the same age group and he's having the same thing. He's uh, one of my friends in Washington got the flu the same time I did and he says, "Man, I can't go out and work." So it's it's very difficult on the body and you know what? We have what 53 children dying. We have expected 56,000 will die. If you don't know Jesus, you might as well get right with him now because we do not know our end. And the flu, the common flu is killing people at giant rates. So I would I would pray that if you're sitting here watching this Prophecy Update, that you would make sure that you're right with the Lord. You don't have to watch Prophecy Updates all day. You can actually read your Bible and find out what to do in order to be saved. It's by believing by faith that Christ died for your sins and he was resurrected and that uh simply believing in that, that you will be saved. This is what the Lord asks us to do. From Fox, swine flu, bird flu hit North Korea and South Korea days before the Winter Olympic kickoff. They're going to be in the Winter Olympics, and they've got both swine flu and bird flu. Super flu outbreaks are ravaging the Korean Peninsula less than two weeks before the Winter Olympics. Nearly 127,000 North Koreans were reported to have flu-like illness between December 1st and January 16th, with 81,640 cases testing positive for influenza A, H1N1, also commonly known as the swine flu. Three children and one adult have died from the flu, the health organization said. Meanwhile, South Korea is also scrambling to contain the bird flu outbreak with less than two weeks until the opening ceremony at the Winter Olympics. The South Korean government ordered about 764,000 chickens from farms near Seoul killed to prevent avian influenza H5N6 from spreading to the people. The highly pathogenic strain of bird flu was discovered in chickens at two farms in Gyeonggi, south of Seoul. A total of 334,000 chickens at those farms were ordered to be killed. Another 430,000 chickens are being slaughtered as a precaution. Half a million eggs were destroyed. So it's serious. And you know what? If these people go over there and they get that flu and they get back on the airplane, it's just going to spread to wherever they're from. And that's what they're worried about is it becoming a global thing. Morality today, mail online, sexually transmitted or even passed from mouth to mouth, the HPV virus is the cause of our fastest growing 
killer cancer. Now, this is in England. They've got a very fast-growing killer cancer, but listen to why I put it in the morality section. The NHS immunizes girls against it, but not boys, on the grounds that it is cheaper to treat the deadly tumors later in life. This is why we do not want socialized medicine. It's because they say, well, we're just going to pass it off to later, and if they get the tumor, well, it'll be cheaper to fix down the line, right? That's what socialized medicine does. We've got all kinds of reports of people. It's happening up in Canada. It's happening here where they're starting to say, well, we need to make choices now. We can't take care of these people, and it's especially happening over in the UK. We can't take care of this person, and so we're just not going to treat them. All right, this is this is what's going on in the world right now. It says it is an expensive vaccine that grants long-term protection against Britain's fastest growing form of cancer. Vaccinating boys as well would cost an insignificant additional 22 million pounds a year. That is it. And yet they say we're not going to do it because the tumors will be cheaper to fix later. But if they don't know they have the tumor or something, they're just going to punch their tickets. Daily Wire. Trans age. Now, this is not going to happen. This guy is going to go to jail. But this is the mentality of what is now being introduced, and it will become more prevalent until it becomes acceptable. Trans age. Pedophile charged with abusing three girls says he's a nine-year-old trapped in a man's body. So he's using the, the, the trans argument to justify what he did. A Chicago man accused of sexually assaulting two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old on repeated occasions told police officers that he's really just a nine-year-old trapped in an adult's body prosecutors revealed uh he's going to go to jail because he's the first of this but this is going to become more and more prevalent and pretty soon they're just going to say it's okay from the times of israel israeli american gay couple sues united states for denying citizenship to one twin son now i want you to know this was said a long time ago and i've repeated at least 10 times in these updates is that this entire gay marriage issue has always been to give them additional rights not the same rights. They said, we just want the same rights as everybody. That has nothing to do with what they are doing in this nation. It is to give them additional rights so that they can subvert the fabric of this society. Listen to this. The lawsuit was one of two filed by an LGBTQ LMNOP immigrant rights group that said the State Department discriminates against same-sex binational couples by denying their children citizenship at birth. The cases said the children of a U.S. citizen who marries abroad are entitled to U.S. citizenship at birth no matter where they are born and even if the other parent is a foreigner. So here's the issue. I am married to a foreigner. We have a child somewhere in the world. That child is automatically a U.S. citizen. Well, guess what? These are gays and they didn't follow the same protocol. Listen to what happened and ask if this is not an additional right meant to undermine the fabric of our immigration laws. The State Department pointed to guidance on its website that says a father who is a U.S. citizen must be the genetic parent for the child to become the U.S. citizen at birth. Andrew Banks was studying in Israel when he met his future husband, an Israeli citizen. Because they couldn't marry at the time in the United States or in Israel, they moved to Canada, where they wed in 2010. Each boy was conceived with donor eggs and the sperm from a different father. So they had people that gave them uh, their child birth, a woman, but they used different donor eggs. So this is the father. This is the father. This would not be possible if you were a normal couple, male and female. They're asking for an additional right. He's the father and he's not a U.S. citizen, right? But they're asking for something that is not part of our law. It goes on. It says, um, 
They're born by the same surrogate mother. So this woman had eggs or sperm from both men put into her, and she had these twins. They're not twins. They're from a different father. Okay, each boy was conceived with donor eggs and the sperm from a different father, but born by the same surrogate mother. Everything seemed fine until the couple brought them to America to the American consulate in Toronto a few months later to apply for citizenship, and the woman at the counter began asking probing questions which they found shocking and humiliating. They're the ones that are doing this perverse act. They're the ones that are doing these things, and she's trying to get to the bottom of it. Thank goodness we had somebody that was willing to investigate and find out what was going on. She's doing her job. The consular office told them she had discretion to require a DNA test to show who the biological father was, and without those tests, neither would get citizenship. They knew that Andrew was Aiden's biological father and Elad was Ethan's, but they had kept it a secret, so they're lying to this woman. They're liars in addition to be being, you know, uh, the whole thing is just bad. So they went to keep it from the woman. After submitting the DNA tests results that proved who fathered each boy, they received a large and small envelope from the United States. The big one included Aiden's passport. The other was a letter notifying Andrew that Ethan's application had been denied. He's not a U.S. citizen. The family has since moved to L.A. to be closer to Banks' family. Ethan came on a tourist visa which expired last month. So he's illegal here in the country. If I was Trump, I'd say, time for the boy to go. If you want to be with the boy, go back to Israel with them, right? The other case involves two women, one from the United States and one from Italy, who met in New York, wed in London, and each gave birth to a son. One of them is not a U.S. citizen, right? The State Department didn't recognize the couple's marriage, the lawsuit said, and only recognized the citizenship of the mother who was born and raised in the United States, which is what our case law says. They are asking for additional rights because once they have this in, then they will whittle away at another and another. And pretty soon everybody on this planet will be welcomed into America because we have no laws that we can maintain any longer. This was always the intent of these perverse people. Always. All right. Other category. I've got some good news. First, I've got something funny to say is a guy emailed me last week and he said, I've never seen anybody cry over an airplane before. (laughs) My answer was, now you have. Okay. But... There is an article another friend sent me that UPS has now contracted 14 747s to fly in their fleet. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy that they are back in the in the air. And, you know, they got them at discount cost. I mean, they're out there in the desert. They're, it's going to be very cheap for UPS. They've got a lot of room. They've got that upper thing where I spent so many wonderful hours. Oh, Anyway, um, it, really, it really is a wonderful thing. And so the 747s will be flying around. They won't be in Sarasota, Florida. Does anybody know why? Our runway isn't long enough, okay? When the, the 747 for the president is shorter, it's not as big as others, right? It's, it's a modified 747. And even then, when Bush flew into here on 9-11, remember, on, he, they actually have to go out over the, uh, the uh, Gulf and they have to drop all the fuel out because when they land, it's too heavy. And so that's what they do is they, yeah. So anyway, it, when it lands here, it gets right to the end of the runway. It's a small airport in Sarasota. But... 747s are back in the skies of America. Mail. <laughs> I'm so happy. Mail online. Now you've got to be in agony to have a hip operation. 
Yes, this is England again. I didn't put it in the morality section because it's not a moral issue. It's just a, a bad policy issue of having socialized medicine. I'll read it again. Now you have to be in agony to have a hip operation. Most NHS trusts now impose cruel new pain tests in row over over rationing. So you actually have to be really in a, a very, very bad state in order to get your body fixed in England. Three in four health trusts are denying hip and knee replacements to patients. They're denying the treatment based on patients not being in enough pain. Imagine that. You're not in enough pain so you don't get your hip replaced because we have socialized medicine in our country. Is that what we want in America? Absolutely not. Thank goodness we have a president that is undoing what was done. From Reuters. U.S. oil industry set to break record. I know you've probably heard this, but it's worth repeating for those who haven't. And upend global trade. Surging shale production. Our friend Tavo up in North Dakota has been at the forefront of this for the past many years. Hello, Tavo. We miss you, buddy. Surging shale production is poised to push U.S. oil output to more than 10 million barrels per day, toppling a record set in 1970 and crossing a threshold few could have imagined even a decade ago, or actually a year and a half ago. And this new record, expected within days, likely won't last long. The U.S. government forecasts that the nation's production will climb to 11 billion per day by late 2019, a level that would rival Russia, the world's top producer. The economic and political impacts of soaring U.S. outputs are breathtaking, cutting the nation's oil imports by one quarter over a decade, or I'm sorry, one fifth over a decade, providing high-paying jobs in rural communities and lowering consumer prices for domestic gasoline by 37% from a 2008 peak. Fears of dire energy shortages that gripped the country in the 70s have been replaced by a presidential policy of global energy dominance. The costs of labor and contracted services have recently risen sharply in the most active oil fields. Drillable land prices have soared, and some shale financiers are calling on producers to focus on improving short-term returns rather than expanding drilling. But U.S. producers have already far outpaced expectations and overcome serious challenges, including the recent effort by OPEC to sink shale firms by flooding global markets with oil. I reported on that, what, eight months ago? Is that OPEC has been lowering their prices and lowering their prices because they wanted to destroy our shale production. They almost went bankrupt in the process, and so now we have this shale going again. And we have a president that is supportive of this policy as well, and it is coming about. We're actually becoming energy independent once again in this nation. From news... There's an innovation in Israel that cuts the cost of shale production by, I think, a third. An innovation in Israel that cuts shale production by a third. That doesn't surprise me. I haven't seen that article, but it is coming soon to an oil field near you. (laughs) From Newsmax... Washington State will no longer require birthplace on driver's license applications. Washington State will no longer require drivers to reveal where they were born, a move that comes following a story published in the Seattle Times uncovering the department's policy of providing photos and driver's license applications to ICE, you know, the uh, immigration people. Washington's Department of Licensing in the past regularly handed over personal information used by ICE to arrest and deport people. The governor said this is not going to happen anymore. We're a sanctuary state. We are going to protect these illegal immigrants, which are raping our women. 
And that's all there is to it. And so he's told them that they are not to do this, and they're actually taking off where a person was born so that they can't even question that anymore. Bad policy. You know what? I saw an article, and I, I was going to include it next week, but I'll mention it now, and maybe I'll include it next week, depending on how involved it was. But they are talking about having a uh, national ID for people in America. And, you know, the conspiracy theorists are all over that. What a bad idea, and it's Big Brother and all this. I will tell you that we are the only nation on the planet that doesn't have one because we're a conglomeration of independent states. But at this point in our nation, it would be a lot better than what we have right now. It would be a lot better. And we still carry IDs wherever we go. I have to have my Florida driver's license wherever I go. The problem is that we have mental minuscules like this that are running governments in the nation, and they allow illegals to do things that even we don't have the right to do. And so by having a national ID, which is nothing wrong with that, like I said, I've been in countries all over this planet, and everybody has their national ID, and it's not a big brother conspiracy. You get to a global ID, and it will be. But right now, we're Americans, and we might as well have one license instead of two or ten. If you go overseas, you have to have a passport. Let's keep the people that don't belong in this nation out of this nation, or at least identify that they are not a part of this nation. That's what we need to do. Did you I, see the accompanied uh, article to that? that no. Uh, Obama was getting his license up in Washington State? Oh, yes. Obama's <laughs> getting his license up in Washington State. Absolutely. From The Guardian. Now, I'm not going to read this whole article because it's probably made every prophecy update in the world, okay? But I'm giving you the title so that you can go read it if you have not heard it because this is a really important thing which has happened, and it has identified key military installations all over the world, okay? And it's your fault. Your fault. Yes. Listen to this. Fitness tracking app Strava gives away location of secret U.S. Army bases, okay? They've got bases that are underground, right? Nobody even knows that they're there. And these people are down there wearing their Fit apps, their Fitbits, and they're running around, and now they know exactly the layout of these structures. They know everything about them. They know where people are in Afghanistan in our bases at a certain time of day so that they can go in and blow them up because it's time for them to run, you know, go on their fitness runs. This is very serious. All over the world, our national security has been compromised because of people wearing Fitbits. It's your fault. Okay. From Zero Hedge... 2018 Grammys had the lowest ratings ever. Oh, as award show turns political. And from Zero Hedge, Caterpillar dealer sales soar the most in six years. Yes, the month that Trump came into office, Caterpillar sales started to go up, and they've gone up every single month since he came into office, and they are at six-year highs now. Isn't that wonderful? Absolutely wonderful, because they have confidence in our president. That is not to say, and once again, people say, well, you're so stupid, you're saying how great he is, and now the economy's collapsed. It could collapse tomorrow, right. right? We don't know the future. All I know is that what this man is doing right now is the right thing for this nation, We don't know what's going to happen to the economy. Everything could go bad. We could have no trucks running and we could have no bread on our table in three weeks from now. That is possible. But at this point, our president is making the right decisions for our nation. If the economy collapsed before we had this energy independence, then we wouldn't have any energy coming into this nation. At least now we can make our own energy if the economy collapses, et cetera, et cetera. Take it down any one of those avenues and we're doing the right thing. Okay, so mail online.
Attractive people. Attractive people are more likely to be conservatives because they have it too easy. Yes. Scientists claim they are blind to life struggles. I've been wondering why you all are such a good-looking group. It's because you're all blind to life struggles. We've got handsome people here, beautiful women there. I mean, this is a great-looking crew. It's because you're blind to life struggles. Researchers found that right-wing people are more attractive than liberals. Yay! Fox News. Fox News, man. This blind spot results in favoring of conservative policies. So that's why we're also good-looking here is because we favor conservative policies and we're blind. You know what? I guarantee you that whoever the scientists are that did this has never been to the projects on Saturday morning with Jim Dwyer and I, right? Or Chris. Or any of, is Laura here today? Laura's yes. not here today. Oh, she is. There she is. We go down to the projects every single Saturday of our life. We've been doing this for almost 11 years, and we have never missed a Saturday. And we have never seen a liberal down there witnessing the people or helping them out of anything, have we? It's just Christian people going down there, or the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they're not helping people. They're just leading them off to a sad path. So it's either us or it's darkness. But, that, you know, so we are good-looking. Good-looking crew going down to the projects. Anyway, um, next article kind of follows along with that. From Mail Online, Melania steals the Democrats' thunder and their clothes. First lady outshines the black-clad Democrat women in dazzling white pantsuit. And you talk about a good-looking conservative? There you go. She's beautiful. Melania. What did I say? Melania. Whatever. Melania, melanoma, whatever. Melania. Okay, from Zero Hedge, the DNC is unraveling. CEO quits after eight months amid bailing mega donors and cash panic. And then from the Daily Wire, Canadian Senate votes to make the national anthem gender neutral. Does anybody think that Prime Minister Trudeau will veto that? Not likely. Okay, I've got a lesserick for you here. The conductors want dare to refrain from assaulting the front of the train. They've been warned to get back for the sake of the track and the animals' lives are their gain. Good job. Okay, that was actually between Les and his wife. They worked on that together. And then I have an irony of the week for you. I've entitled it Prison Food. But before I give you, our, it's actually three ironies of the week. I don't know what was going on this week, but three ironies all about prison food. But before I give you that, I will tell you that this week's, it's a little longer, it's 18 minutes long, this week's travel video was the best one ever. And it's their season finale. They're not going to be doing any for a little while. But I will tell you that this is Sergio Nrota's finest video. It is the, uh, the uh, Temple Mount, the Western Wall. It is beyond outstanding. If you want to know the history of what is happening in prophecy, why do we watch prophecy updates? You watch that and you will understand completely the history of that Temple Mount, what is going on, why the world's in the shape it's in. Uh, wonderful stuff. It is a very well done episode. So I would encourage you to watch it. And I would also encourage you, excuse me, I almost choked on my own spit. I would also encourage you to um, repost that on Facebook or wherever you are on social media and get that out because people need to know the status of the Temple Mount. And this is a great way for people to learn in a very short amount of time and to do it with an exceptional video. Real good quality, great music. It is really well done. That's my plug for them until they start their videos again. But uh, it's been a great adventure with them, hasn't it? This has been a really, really wonderful time with them. So um, uh, I'll tell you what, let's do something because we're on the Prophecy Update and I don't know if they're there or not, but let's give them a call and just uh, thank them personally for all the work they've done. 
I don't know. They may not be uh, available, but let's try anyway. Let's see. Hang on. Are they going to answer? They're not going to answer, are they? Yeah. Let's. We're going to let it ring out, though. It'll finally hang up on us. But oh, there you go. Hey, hey. We want to thank you for a wonderful, wonderful season. Today's episode was outstanding. Wow. Wonderful. You guys are just fantastic. Wow. Tell us something good. Well, I'll show you something really cool. Look at this. Hey, look at that. Sing ourselves, sing ourselves, sing ourselves, sing ourselves. Pretty wonderful. Wow. They're watching the update. All right. Well, you guys, we want, we want to just thank you so much for just the most wonderful season. It's been beautiful. What's that? Oh, no, that was your echo. That was your Oh, okay. Hey, Rhoda, have you got something that you can uh, share uh, with the people online, maybe a little Arab call or something? Can I, can I share what? Can An I Arab share? call? An Arab call? <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> To blow the Somebody wants me to blow the shofar. I'll, I will do that, okay? I'm going to hang up now, but say goodbye to everybody at the bye church. Bye. We love you. Bye-bye. Yeah, All right, let's hang up on them. And Somebody wants me to blow the shofar, so we'll do that right now. Okay. So Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, boy, now I'm lightheaded, too. That's what you get for having the uh, the flu. You blow the shofar after that. Oh. Okay, so here we go. We got a couple ironies of the week for you. I got three of them. They're all prison food, okay? From Breitbart. This is in Florida. Man charged with DUI after allegedly attempting to order a burrito through a bank drive-thru. He's drunk. It's nighttime. He's trying to order it. He's banging on it, and they finally come and arrest him. Okay, then from the Virginian pilot. Donut eating contest winner arrested again after donut shop robbery. So he went and ate his donuts and they robbed the donut shop. And then from KCBD, escaped prisoner caught trying to get back into prison with food, whiskey, and tobacco. So, yes, yeah, so such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your prophecy update for the week. All right.